Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is the K-Box Kickstand RDL. This is an exercise that ticks a lot of boxes for me. We're looking at single leg strength, we're looking at posterior chain strength, and we're looking at anti-rotary stability all in one exercise. Uh, for this one, I like to do it with my back foot on the toe plate that comes with the K-Box. This is something that's really helped me when it comes to being able to sit more into that front leg's hip. Uh, I like to set my foot right even with where the tether comes up from the K-Box and then give it a good old kick back, push your hips back, keep your shoulders square, and really stretch into that hamstring and the hip of the front leg. From there, we're just trying to drive that foot down, pull our hips through, and again, keeping that posture and trying not to drop our shoulders. Give this one a try. I'm sure it's one that you and your athletes are going to love and see great results from. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat. Well, you can find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Rob, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, man. Thanks, Jay. Excited to be on. Yeah, man. This is something we've been bouncing back and forth trying to get done here for a minute. I'm glad we can finally get it down. Way too long. Yeah, no doubt. But listen, man, for the half a human being who doesn't know who Rob is and how he got out to St. Louis, let's let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got out there. Yeah, um, pretty boring person for the most part. I read uh, anything when it comes to performance in, uh, in basketball and pretty much performance in general. Um, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I'm in the strength profession, so everybody knows you're kind of a gypsy with this profession. Um, been married for 10 years. Let's start there. Um, my wife, when I met her when I was 22, I got my first internship, second internship with the Indiana Pacers. And I told her what I wanted to do when we were dating. And I go, if you want to tag along on the ride, um, let me know. And she said, yeah, I'll do it. You love your job and give a passion for what you do. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll travel the country with you. So from there, um, was at a performance center in Indianapolis called St. Vincent Sports Performance. Has combine guys, uh, well versed in the Indianapolis area. Um, from there, went to the Indiana Pacers under Sean Wendell. Was with Sean for a year and a half, interning from that position. Went to the private sector after that. Uh, bounced around. Went to Special Forces for th uh, two and a half years. Mike Curtis at University of Virginia for three years. Um, Golden State Warriors for a year and now I'm here in St. Louis. Um, so my wife has been with me through all the moves, um, brought a dog and her cat. I'm not a cat guy, so sorry for all you cat guys out there, but uh, 
Yeah, so now I've been at St. Louis starting my third year this year and, you know, back in the A-10 with uh, you um, and enjoying it. Were you, when you were in Indianapolis, did you cross paths with Chase? Yeah, Chase. So after I was with the Pacers, Chase was the next intern after me. So that me and Chase go back from that time and being from the Indianapolis area, we know each other really well and we worked to hand in hand. I think when he got to Miami, Ohio, I reached out to one of my buddies that was Miami, Ohio, got them connected. And that's when he went to Miami, Ohio. So me and Chase, yeah, are well connected through the, the Wendell tree. So that's wild. Man. And that's a tree that I don't think a lot of people really understand. Like, like that thing's big. Like it there's is. a ton of coaches in that. And it's, uh, um, it's, it's fun. Like I talk about all the time. Um, and I, we talked about it earlier. Like, what do I, what do we want to talk about on this? Um, I started off in Indianapolis at a performance center under a guy named Stephen Underwood. Um, and what I learned during that process with him um, is how to filter information. And then he hooked me up with my next internship, what every job does. Your next job hooks, up, hooks you up with your next opportunity. And then I went to my time with Sean, and that was a good experience. I thought I wanted to be an NBA strength coach at that time. Um, loved the experience. Didn't really want to work with basketball. Uh, I was a football player in college growing up. Um, but then I saw the opportunity to work with basketball and only having 15 guys in comparison to having 90 on a, a football team. And that's when I really fell in love with it. But from that time on, I, I knew what I really wanted to do and work with the game of basketball for the primary sport. Yeah. So now you're in a situation where, I mean, I, you've got one of the, the biggest, baddest teams around. You know, and a, a team that is freaking super good with a lot of older guys. Yeah. So let's talk about how these stops have really, and let's also obviously talk about the craziness that we're going to be dealing with for the next yeah. however long. But how have these stops impacted Rob and how you're looking at handling this team and this situation? Yeah, I think. Um the big things I've earned, learned at each of these stops. Um, one, when I was at the Pacers, Sean Wendell taught me how to really be uh, brutally honest with your athletes, but in a good way, not just being an, an a-hole about it, but actually speaking the truth to them and telling them what their deficiencies are um, and having a relationship with them to go in depth about it and tell them what they really need to work on instead of sugarcoating everything. Um, so one, being brutally honest with your athletes about what they need to work on, but in a good manner and showing them why they need to improve on those things. Um, that's one, first and foremost. And then my time with Mike Curtis at UVA. I remember walking in. I was working in Portland, Oregon with the Special Forces Unit. It was a job I loved uh, in the strength conditioning realm. I worked six to three, Monday through Friday. I had a four-day weekend every month, um, making good money, seeing my wife consistently. Um, but I had an opportunity to go for an interview at, with Mike Curtis at UVA. And as soon as I walked in the door, uh, I knew I wanted to work for him. Um, somebody I could, that would challenge me, but just seeing how you can run a high performance model in a collegiate setting, I don't think there's many professionals that do it better. Um, he's probably gonna get mad at me for talking about him so much, but he's made a huge impact on me and how I go about my approach um, to the profession my expectations for my athletes, how I communicate with my athletes um, is, a, is a big thing to me. And 
a lot of what I have learned is mixtures from those two guys. Um, how we set our approach, how we do our warm up, educating them on the process of what we go about. Um, and then even going from a modeling standpoint of how we train in a calendar month, uh, he grabs a lot from the NBA. He was a previous in the NBA. I was too, but how do we get our exposures into a calendar month based on our schedule? Schedules are gonna change, we know that. And how do you prioritize that based on the athlete's need? Is it your development group like we were talking about earlier? Is your, is your main guys who are, you know, your seniors on the team who need a little bit different things than your guys who are coming in that development group? And how do you get those into your calendar that we get, you know, a training exposure every 48 to 72 hours? If, even if we're playing three games in eight days, like we're about to start here, hopefully. Um, and how do we use that time? So we use post-game training like they do in an uh, NBA setting. Um, as soon as they get done with the court, we're running in and getting a training session in for those guys who have logged minutes. And then we use the recovery time the next day to get to aid in recovery. So. I dig that, man. How do the guys like work with that? Because I think that that could be something that could be awesome or maybe a challenge. Oh, so uh, it was a challenge. It wasn't when I was at UVA because it was what it was. They, there was no choice is what we did. First year here, um, I had to lay the groundwork on everything. And there was some, some moaning and complaining on a, a post game. What are we doing in here from this standpoint? Why are we doing this? I'm doing this so we have more recovery time. So I'm not taking a whole day out of your a whole morning, getting you up early or taking you pre-practice on a day that we're getting in a post-game training session so we can speed up the recovery actually. And it's just meat and potatoes. We do the heavy glute bridge and a barbell bench press and they're out of the space. I dig that dude, but now let me ask you this because you guys are central time. Yep. So now playing later, does that impact decisions based on travel and this and that? Like, cause you know, selfishly, this will yeah. air in December. We're yeah. going to play games at like nine o'clock at night, tip off. Yeah. Like, do you have a cutoff time when it would be like, we're cutting our it, nose to spite our face? It's more dictated on where we're at in the season. So if we're having class like December, January, when there's not going to be any classes, it's not going to be an issue because we can push our practice time back. We kind of set reset our all our whole team schedule to a later time because we're going to be playing at later times during the during the non school sessions. And then it's where we're at. So if it's a away game situation, it's not going to happen from that standpoint. I'm not going to take them back from the hotel, get to the hotel, and get a weight training session. I don't want to rewarm them up going through this process. Literally, we get out. We get out of. The coaches meeting after the game, they run in, it takes five minutes, they grab their protein shakes, they're out of here, and then grab a meal and go home. But it's all dependent on where we're at. If we're in a way venue, we're not doing it. And then if we're, and then what is our schedule the next day? So then, I like this. So then how would you look at that differently? So let's say you play here on a Wednesday. Yep. And then you've got Mason at home on Saturday. This is just yep. assuming the schedule is anything like it would normally be. Yep. And that sounds about right because the A-10 would have you come to Virginia to go home to play a team in Virginia. Yep. Um, how would that change if you flipped it? So you were home against us, you'd lift them after. But if you're in the yep. road against us, what would you do differently to prep for that Saturday? So within that calendar, I'm just looking. So I take our whole calendar month and I'll write our training sessions based on, I do, 
you know, our main, our main heavy hitters who are guys are getting many minutes and then our development group, which is, I don't really care about the game schedule. We're going to get our development time in during that and coach is fine with that, which is great. Um, but if we're playing Wednesday away and we're home on Saturday and I'm looking to get that, you know, those training sessions in, I, sometimes I'll take game load as a training load, right? Cause there is getting a huge stimulus from that standpoint. So if we were playing Wednesday away at you guys home on Saturday, I would have a training session on Monday at home because we'd probably leave the day before we leave Tuesday to play you guys. So we train Monday. I probably wouldn't get a training session in on Wednesday just because it is going to be a game load. And then we'd train on Saturday right after the game. So I'd get my two sessions for the week. And then hopefully within the calendar, I know I'm going to get a training session, 10 to 12 sessions in that calendar month. And then obviously things that may be individualized for specific players yep. just fall as they fall. Yeah, fall as they fall. So if we're away, I'm going to take our development group and lift them on game day previous to the game when we play you on that Wednesday. So they're still always going to get their three, at least three training sessions a week, but the guys who are getting heavy minutes are going to still get two, two to three that calendar week and then 10 to 12 for a calendar month. No, I like that. I think that, you know, especially with how wild this is going to be, right? Like I want to say yep. like our first seven games, we are not going to have more than two days between the games. Like for yep. seven games. I'm like, <laughs> just look at this. Like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, put, put the seatbelt on fellas. We, yep. We're going to figure this out. So being able to find an alternative way to do that, I think is going to be something not just to find an alternative way to do what we normally would do, but just what we would do period. Yeah. Right? Cause even like if you come here, if, chances are in the past we could have used a room now with covid you can't use a room yep and like fitness centers and hotels if they're going to let you have more than two people in there at a time it's, I and think our university won't even allow us to have that so when we talked about earlier i, I bring a k a k box on the road for every road trip and then i ordered two or three of the anchor systems that just i saw that i was like oh we can use those um and i'm lucky to have a coach who lets me purchase things through our basketball budget, um, who believes in me training the guys and, and wants the style of play. So he, he's bought into the process from that standpoint. I love that. I, and it's, I wish we could take ours on us. Um, but yeah, I think that that's great. And I think that the ability to continue to allow them to develop, especially when you see what you guys have built with, you know, like we were talking about, you've got, two guys under six, five who are double digit rebound guys. Like there, there's some prep work that goes into that. Yeah. And I, I think too, I am going to give credit where do those guys are freak athletes and coach brings in a level of athlete that I think is not that our league isn't good, but he brings in a high caliber athlete and it's easy for me to work with um, when he's bringing in these guys and they're willing to work. But, and my biggest issue too, is when I hear other sport coaches talk to me about building toughness, in a weight room um i don't think you build toughness we can build resilience resiliency but you recruit toughness and he recruits a tough player that is athletic that buys into the process from what he does from a practice standpoint and what i do from a performance standpoint um, and that's where i think these guys buy into it and you see the style of play we have like we talked about earlier and you know well aware of t ford's practices but 
he's a Patino disciple and he grinds. And I hate the term grinding, but he, we have three hour practices. Um, and a big thing that I learned, I think was, I don't know what conference it was with you, but what year was when uh, Fergus Conley spoke and he talked about his time with Jim Harbaugh and what can, can you control the situation or can you not control the situation? Um, I cannot control practice time for that much. I can get in his ear and he can curse me out in a good way and he'll say sorry the next day. Um, but I'm having those tough conversations and he's, he gets angry with me and I, I get angry with him, but we know what we're going for at our end goal. And how can, can I control practice time? No, maybe sometimes. And do I want to use that card to get yelled at that day? Yeah, I might. Um, but the main point, can I control this practice time? No. So what can I do on the other part of the days to help our guys? So how did that impact? So the two things, right? You guys have an older team like us. Yeah. And understanding how his practice philosophy is. How did that impact, A, what you were doing basically from March 13th until you guys came back in late June? And yeah. then B, how did that impact things differently when they returned? Yeah. Um, so once March hit, I knew where we were going to be. Um, I'm I, and the same thing. We're on Zoom right now, but it was Zooms every day. And I didn't. I had these guys accountable, calling out tempo. So we went through tempo stuff. I usually start off the season with like a tissue reeducation phase. Once we get out of it, I'll let Jimmy Snyder, another guy who's spoken at your conference, and um, we spoke to him when I was with Mike a lot. So. I usually go through that process. I gave them a lot of time off um, this time. Once we got into April and then we started getting into our Zoom meetings, I'd take them through the warm up, and then I would pick a movement of the day. And we just, and I didn't want to get too bored with it. So I took them through one movement and I said, it's on you the rest of the way. But once I got them back in June, I think we were one of the first teams in the country to get back in June. Um, I know what we're going to have from a practice standpoint and how long a duration we have. And I didn't know when Travis was going to get the guys. So I needed to get them ramped up as much as possible. So from that standpoint, I took them through and I wanted to build tissue uh, quality and resiliency. So we did extensive tempo, uh, an extensive, um, gosh, uh, plyometrics for a long period of time. Very rudimentary stuff. Uh, all the Caldeets uh, aerobic injury prevention run systems and just different patterns for before the buildup. And then I, I hate when people say you're the one by 20 guy, but we did some one by 20. And then once we got into, I think once we got allowed into our indoor space and started training again, we kind of built volume. And then once we get to this period, I'm hitting 80 to 95% the rest of the way for the most part of the season. So we lift heavy in season, but volume is very low. I love it, man. And it's something that it was, you were able to make plan B as close to plan A as possible. Tried. And hopefully it works out right now. Uh, we're safe right now and healthy. So see where we go. Yeah. You know, and I think that right now, obviously hindsight is always twenty twenty. in the year of the optometrist where we couldn't have ever seen any of this coming. But anyway, I think a lot of us are going to look back and, and think the simpler things that we did were the things that helped us be ready better yeah and i think that it may end up making us all better postseason because i think that what we've all seen especially with us with older guys is how much better off knock wood 
they are now because we gave them a break and then we oh, totally absolutely. rebuilt them. Yeah. And that's just been I, I, oversight. No, it's just been oversight for oh, it is. ever. Well, same thing from AAU. These guys never stop. They, they, during the height of quarantine for us, and it's happening again, but these guys were in gyms. And you know what? They're gym rats. They love what they do. Um, so them getting away from us even more and kind of just having some free play, I think it was very, very beneficial. Oh, no doubt about it. And I think that, like, the fear always comes to – at least in my mind, where is the line where we ask too much, where they go from being excited to do the things that we're asking them to, to them loathing what we ask them to do. And it's translucent. How do you feel you guys are right now with that? I think this is the first, and this is going to be so funny because it, you'll, it, it, the analogy fits, but it's just not who we are. They're very much like a football team at the end of camp. Yeah. They are so sick of playing each other right now. Yeah, it's, the same, it's the same thing, our guys. They're so – and we have de defense, defensive efficiency during practice, and everybody's like, yeah, we know everybody's tendency that we're going against. So we know where we're at, and – it, it, they're so ready to play, and I, I hope it happens. I think it's going to happen, but uh, yeah, they're our guys are starting to lose it a little bit in a good way. Just no, a hundred percent. Yeah, like we've had to work in more like individual instruction stuff because it's like if we just kept going through things, and you know, like the different wrinkles and the defenses and blah blah blah, all that stuff. But like we're, I mean, we're starting scout like a week early because it's like we've got to like find a way for them to refocus a bit and be like, yeah, like, I know it's the same walk-on, but he's not the walk-on now. He's, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's poor walk-ons. Yeah. You know? But yeah. But that's been fun. And I think that it's, especially like where both of our teams were at the time, where it was like, if we would have got a couple in Brooklyn, you know, both of us, would have had a chance to be in. Yeah. And it's like having that ripped away and now being so close, I couldn't imagine them not being just like frothing at the mouth. What I'm almost worried about is these first games are going to be so much like the fake hustle psycho of a scrimmage where everybody's out there like, blah, 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 yeah. like you know, doing like the crazy, like, Y'all need to chill and remember we got to play 30 of these yeah, you know, yeah, situations. Yeah. That, like, that second game, like, hopefully, again, because our guys are older, they get it. But some of these younger cats, like, those second games might be rough. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm excited and nervous at the same, same time. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully we have a game next Wednesday. Well, hopefully we have a game next Thursday. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah, or whenever these games are, you guys yeah. play Wednesday and we play Thursday or whatever. Yeah. But nah, man, Rob, it's uh, it's great to catch up, man. I truly appreciate your time. Is there uh, any place people can keep up with you, stay in touch, all of those things? 
Yeah, I'm not huge on social media. I guess it's my time with the, my two previous uh, mentors. Um, they're not huge uh, social media guys either. I, I don't know why I'm not. I probably need to get better at it. Um, I'm on Twitter, Rob underscore Hornet. I, I really don't tweet out anything. I usually just like things, articles, anything that I that you put out or people that I, you know, like what they've done. And then I'm on Instagram, but it's, if you want to see my dog and how me and my wife go for walks every day, it's not that really exciting. So I'm on those and my emails, Rob, uh, dot Hornet, H-O-R-N-E-T-T at slu.edu. Awesome, man. Truly great for your time, brother. Always great to catch up. Always yep. great to chop it up. Glad to see you doing well, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, man. Cheers. We'll be in touch real soon. Yep. See you soon. See ya.